This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Usually I like to start the show with a little bit of an energetic, um, whatchamacallit, but unfortunately yesterday uh, in the great city of Cincinnati, we had an active shooter um, and basically in the heart of our city, downtown Fountain Square. If you ever been in Cincinnati, you know that's kind of the heartbeat of the of the city. It's it, you know, and a senseless act, a, a coward gunman um, somehow got into Fifth Third Center, a, a big office building, one of the biggest downtown, and uh, opened fire in the lobby. Um, he just was shooting everybody he saw. Um, innocent people, three innocent people died, just because they were either going to work or at work or grabbing a cup of coffee. And this um, coward, this uh, I'm not going to name his name. I don't want to publicize him. I mean, I, th- I think that's what he wanted. Obviously, he had mental health issues, um, and he opened fired and, and had a bunch of rounds on him and, and wasn't going to stop until I guess he was taken down. Um, luckily, we have a great law uh, law enforcement here in Cincinnati, the, the police officers, and um, uh, three of them, three or four of them engaged the shooter, in the, and they responded within a couple minutes of the active shooter. There's there's several police officers patrolling uh, Fountain Square on on an everyday basis. It, you know, it's just it, it's it's an active. You know, a lot of things go on down there, you, you, so there's always a cop's presence, and I, I can't be more proud of of the way uh, the police officers here handled that. Um, and uh, I, my heart goes out to the victims and families and themselves and it's just such a terrible thing it wasn't how I wanted to start the show I want to I was gonna record yesterday I was obviously a little shaken up um because uh, of everything going on uh, in Cincinnati and and uh unfortunately unfortunately you know not unfortunately but you know I part of my real job my, my job is, is, is I, I go into that building quite a bit been there several times um and it just, I'm just caught, you know, a, a coworker of mine was in the building when this happened. Um, and he's, he's, he's safe and sound, but, uh, as you can imagine, he is, he is rattled by this and, and, and it's tough. You know, you see it happen almost every day. It's almost the normal now, which is so fucked up that it shouldn't be the normal, but it is, it, it happens so frequently now that, you know, we, it, it's just another news story and, you know, and, and unfortunately, I, I was treating it, I mean, unless it was something hor- horrific, I was treating it like another news story. Um, but this one is, is, in, in, is in my house, in my home, in my city, and, and it really, really affected me. And, um, you know, I wanted to donate blood. I wanted to do several different things uh, to help as, as possible, as much as I can. The city of Cincinnati is, is my, one of my, is my favorite place in the world. And, you know, I'm born and bred here. I'm going to die here. I love it so much. And uh, it's just such, such horrible, horrible tragedy that happened yesterday. And I'm just, so, again, I can't emphasize enough. I'm so thankful that the, the police men and women um, responded quickly and, and they were not harmed at all. Um, and the gunman was, was taken out by them before he could take any more lives. So thank you to um, City of Cincinnati Police Department. And um, my thoughts are with all the victims. So... I need to get that off my chest. So now let's kind of switch gears, I guess, here and jump into this fight card. Um, I wanted, I like, I was recording yesterday since anything happened. I was pretty shaken up. I was watching the news all day, trying to get as much information as I can. 
Um, <clears throat> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait because there's always some funky shit that happens on the weigh-in day. Darren Till, that's the big thing. Like, is he going to weigh in? Is he going to be, uh, you know, is he going to make weight because he's 280 pounds or whatever? Um, he made weight, 169 pounds, flicked off the crowd, weighed a pound under, just a big fuck you pound, I, I feel like. And, um, but Nico Montoya, Montana, Montoya, Montana, Nico Montana is not fighting. She was the uh, champion who was one of the biggest underdog champions of all time. Uh, I think she was the biggest underdog champion of all time, eclipsing Matt Serra, I believe. And, uh, you know, Valentina Shevchenko's left without an opponent. She got scrapped with a car. There was a couple girls that were willing to step up. But in Texas, they had already weighed in. And in Texas, you got to be within five pounds. It's just one of those things. So we're minus that fight. <clears throat> now, I'm going to read these in order that I printed them off. I, I usually read them in order as the fight card pertains. However, they have switched so many things around. I know Dotson and Riviera are now on the main card. I'm not going to obviously pick for Nico Montoya or Montana, Tony Montana's daughter, I guess. I'm not going to pick the Shevchenko fight. I'm going to just obviously pick everything else. So if it's a little out of order, go fuck yourself. Um, but I have, I need to rebound. I was five and eight last week. Uh, I'm still over 500 since I started picking again. One of the few podcasts that pick every fight of the card. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones out there. They're a bunch of fucking jokes. All right, let's get, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. We have Jeff Neal. That's Jeff with a G. I hate that. He is fighting Crank, <clears throat> Crank, Jesus, Frank Camacho, who is 21 and 6 overall, 1 and 2 in the UFC. And all his fights have been fight of the night, all decision losses. He is currently an underdog at 150. Jeff Neal is a contender series, two-time alum. He had two finishes on the contender series. He's 1-0. He's 9-2 overall, and he's a minus 185 favorite. Um, I've seen Jeff Neal fight. He's pretty well-rounded, pretty strong. Um, looked a little sucked out at the weigh-in, if I'm being honest with you. Camacho's as tough as they come, man. He uh, He's just a tough out. You're not going to... Finish him, not gonna beat him. He does have a, a pretty lopsided record, but he has fought some really good guys here. You know, this is in the flyweight division. Flyweight's no joke. Um, man, it, it's tough. I'm gonna go with Jeff Neal, the favorite. I picked. A, I wrote a lot of underdogs last week, kind of burning the ass a little bit. Camacho looks good if he if he had a bigger number next to his name. I'm not intrigued by minus 150. Um, or I'm sorry, plus 150. I'm not intrigued by that. Because I just think Jeff Neal is is a pretty well-rounded fighter. He's a good submission guy. He's tough. He's big. He's strong. He's a good grappler. Camacho, it, it's it, he's, he's you just don't finish him. He's an exciting guy. Has a great chin on him. All his fights are fight of the night. I, I don't know if this one would be a fight of the night. Jeff Neal is pretty calculated. But uh, I'm going to go with Jeff Neal. Um, coming out of the contender series, a lot of, a lot of guys out of the contender series usually do well. Frank Camacho, um, you know, I, I just can't go the under there. Next up, we got Ryan Benoit. It looks like Benoit. I want to say Benoit so bad, but it's Ryan Benoit against Roberto Sanchez. Roberto Sanchez is 8-1. It's 1-1 UFC. Won by sub, lost by sub. He is the minus 130 favorite. Ryan Benoit's been up and down in the UFC. He's 3-3 three three in the UFC record. Has a win over Sergio Pettis. He knocked out Sergio Pettis. I remember that. That was a, that was a pretty big shock. He's 10-5 overall. But lost Sergio Pettis, or beat Sergio Pettis, lost to Ben Wynn, beat Freddie Serrano, lost to Brandon Moreno, and then uh, won his last fight against uh, Ashkam Marakarani. That's not how you say his fucking last name, but that's how I pronounced it. That was back in November. He hasn't fought in almost a year, but that was by KO. Guy has a lot of power. Roberto Sanchez, um, 
fighting out of Texas is, you know, he, he, he's he's uh, it's listed here. He's one twenty five. I believe this is at bantamweight though. Um, he, you know, this is tough. This is a tough fight to pick. I do not know enough about Roberto Sanchez. I'm being honest with you. He has a one win by submission, one loss by a submission. Um, has that long hair. You know, I, I'm I'm a fan of long hair. Uh, Benoit has lost. He has uh, win got him by submission, and then his last loss was back in 2016, almost two uh, two years ago, to Brandon Moreno by a split decision. Very close fight. Benoit has, hasn't been super active, but he has ever been. You know, he just got the power to him. He's. Just, I'm gonna go with the underdog. I'm gonna go with Ryan Benoit, Roberto Sanchez. I don't know much about him. Uh, Benoit's a plus. 100 kickbacks. If you put $100 on him, you're getting $100 back. I wouldn't bet that because I really think this fight, they're pretty even right now. Benoit's been up and down, and, and Roberto Sanchez, uh, again, could be a world beater. I don't know enough about him. Um, I watched some tape on him. I couldn't really get a grasp of him. I know he's he's a grappler, you know, fights out of Texas, whatever, and, and he does have a, a, a grappler sensibility to him. But, um, again, I, I don't know much about him. Next up, we have Erlene Aldana fighting on Guadalajara, Mexico. She is ranked number twelve, and she is eight and four in the UFC, or eight and four overall, one and two in the UFC. She is currently the minus one twenty five favorite. She's fighting Lucy Podolovia, fighting on the Czech Republic. She's ranked number 13, 8 and two overall, two and one in the UFC, minus one hundred five. Pretty much dead even. Um, again, I don't know much about these ladies. That you know, they're they're bantamweights. Uh, I'm going to go with Lucy Podolova, the Czech Republic gal. She's a little younger, um, has a better UFC record. And I think overall, I mean, if you can survive the Czech Republic, I fucking feel like you can survive anywhere. That's just my personal opinion. Sounds like a fucking miserable place. Uh, but if you listen to this and you're from the Czech Republic, invite me out and show me that's wonderful. I, I, I'd love to come. Next up, we got, uh, again, this is all messed up. This is listed as welterweights. These guys aren't welterweights. Excuse me. UFC uh, press portal. Fix your, your, your pages here. Jim Miller, uh, legendary Jim Miller, fighting Alex White. Jim Miller is 28-12. and 12. He has four losses in a row, and um, that's not good. He's fighting Alex White, who is 12-4. and four. He's coming off a James Krause loss, but other than that, he's he's bounced back and forth. He's a minus one fifty favorite. Uh, Jim Miller is a plus one twenty um, underdog. I I would love to be like Jim Miller's got this. I would love to do it. Alex White, I think, is a good opponent for Jim Miller. Alex White looked really good at the way in today. Um, big one fifty five er, big strong kid. Uh, you know, lost to James Klaus by a, 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 a split decision, or excuse me, a unanimous decision, but he, he rocked James Klaus. He just gassed out a little bit. Um, he, he's got some good wins on his record. He's got some good, he's got some bad losses. Again, Jim Miller is coming off four straight losses, but they're all fucking killers. He, he lost a decision to Dustin Poirier. He lost a decision to Anthony Pettis. He lost a decision to Francisco Trinaldo, and he got knocked out by Dan Hooker back in April. Miller's been around forever. I love Jim Miller. It's hard for me to pick against him. We'll put four losses in a row. I think they add up. Alex White is a good striker. I, I just I just feel like Alex White obviously can't get... Uh, if you heard that little jingle, I'm not going to edit that out because I don't have time to, but that was someone calling my phone. It apparently goes through my computer. You know, I got it whole set up. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna go with Alex White uh, as the favorite. I'm, I'm heavy. I'm, 
I'm picking heavy favorites because I need the points. You know, I have, I am gambling on this card. I've set some money aside. It's football season. I, I, I gamble on football. I gamble on on some fights. Um, this is a fight that I might add to my parlay. Jim Miller again, not a huge underdog, just because Alex White's been so inconsistent in the UFC. Alex White, pretty big, lightweight, uh, good striker. I don't think he's gonna knock out Jim Miller. I mean, Dan Hooker hit him with a fucking crazy knee that put him down. I mean, that would put anybody. That put a fucking elephant down. Um, but he lost three decisions to really tough guys. I mean, his fight with Dustin Poirier, I, I know it was a year and a half ago, but it was a fairly close fight, and Poirier is is no joke. Poirier was coming off a, a pretty a pretty substantial loss in that one too. But um, as much as I like Jim Miller and, and I love, uh, you know, he was on he was on he was hot there for a while. I, I just I have to pick Alex White because I just think Alex White is 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 going to be is going to be cracking in that fight. Next up, we got Diego. The nightmare slash the dream slash craziest guy I've ever seen in my life. Sanchez, 29-11. He's a plus 180 <clears throat> favorite underdog. God damn it. Plus 180 underdog. I do, I, I've noticed when I listen back, I messed, I messed the lines up. Diego Sanchez, plus 180 underdog. He's against Craig White. He's 14-8. and eight. He's 0-1, lost to Neil Magny. got destroyed by Neil Magny. Currently, he is sitting at a, a minus 230 favorite. Greg White was legendary because he cut so much weight from the Magni fight, completely drained himself. Neil Magni, big, long, rangy, fucking welterweight. Really, really tough to look good against. Craig White, I don't know a ton about him. I know he was an English champion. I know his record's not super crazy great, 14-8. and eight. I mean, you know, that's not going to get me out of bed. However, I heard he's he has some ugly losses early in his career, and he has since rebounded. You know, I, I don't – I just – He's such a huge favorite that, you know, he's 0-1 the UFC. And I know he lost to Neil Magny, who is, again, an elite guy who, who, is, who is incredibly tough. But um, I, I just don't know how I can pick Diego Sanchez here. Diego Sanchez is coming off two KO losses to Ally Quinta and Matt Brown. Matt Brown, both of them, Ally Quinta and Matt Brown losses, both came in the first round. He has a win over Marcin Hell back in 2016. Uh, November 2016, pretty much two years ago to this fight, and he has another loss. His first knockout loss was Joe Lozon at UFC 200. So Diego back up at 170. A lot of people think this might be his last fight. Um, you know, Craig White's the bigger guy. I, I'm going to go with Diego Sanchez because fuck the world. I like the number on Diego. I, I don't think Craig White should be a minus 230 favorite. Uh, he might even be higher right now. I should check Odd Shark. Shout out to Odd Shark, the best uh, the best website to to get some odds. Because I, I wrote this down a couple days ago. Let's see what he's sitting at now. Yeah, so Craig Wright's a minus two twenty five. So the lines moved a little bit. Diego Sanchez is a plus one seventy five. I had him at a plus one eighty. So it's moved slightly. A lot of people, are, some money are coming on Diego Sanchez. Listen, Diego, it, it, he he's not my favorite fighter in the world. Never has been. But he's so ferocious. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. Um, I just don't know what Craig White has to to really scare Diego. He's not going to fucking submit him. Could Craig White knock him out? Of course, but I, I just don't see that happen. I'm going to go with Diego. I'm going to go crazy. Pick a pick an underdog there. I'm going to go with uh, Diego Sanchez. Next up, we have two guys who are uh pretty yeah, yeah. Probably, probably shouldn't be fighting. In the UFC, anyway, we have Charles Bird, who is nine and four. He's one and uh, one and zero oh in the UFC. He has two contender series fights, won both. Didn't get the contract. He's a minus two forty favorite. He's fighting Darren Stewart, fighting out of London, England. 
eight three and one, one and three in the UFC. He is a plus one ninety underdog. There you go, nailed it. Darren Sears, one of those guys I've bet on him before. I've stayed away from it before. Um, I will not touch this fight because I bet against him. He fucking wins. I bet for him. He loses, and it, you know I, I I feel like he's he should be better than what he is. Charles Bird coming off the Contender Series, some really good fights. Fighting out of Arkansas, fighting out of, well from Arkansas, fighting out of Dallas, Texas. You know this is uh this is they say this is a lightweight bout, but I again I don't think it is. I think these guys are bigger than that. I you know one eighty five, one seventy. They're definitely not one fifty five. UFCs really need to get their shit together. I don't even know why I waste time with the with the press board on Mark because they keep denying me credentials. Anyway, um, I'm gonna go with Charles Bird here again. I'm gonna avoid this fight at all costs because Charles Bird is is really pricey, a little too pricey for me. Um, I'm looking at uh, Odd Shark. He's currently sitting at a minus two hundred, and you can even get him as low as. As minus one ninety on my bookie, which is which is pretty good. Um, however, I just I just I think he's gonna win. I don't like put money on it because I don't know uh, a tremendous amount about him. I don't know his game all that well. Next up, this is the fight that got moved to the main card. I know I'm gonna do it right around the prelims. We got Jimmy Rivera, who's twenty one and two. He's ranked number five overall. He's coming off that huge knockout loss, pretty short, pretty quick turnaround for a knockout loss over Marlon Marais. He is uh, a minus one thirty five. Favorite, he is fighting John Dotson, who's ranked number two, uh, which I find pretty odd. Uh, that, that has to be wrong. I had to write that down. There's no way he's ranked two in the in the. Yeah, they have these guys. Uh, excuse I'm, my, I'm all over the place today. Sorry. They have these guys marked down as a middleweight. <laughs> Jimmy Rivera's no bigger than my desk. Jimmy Rivera's five five foot, and John Dotson's four eleven. Like these guys are a middleweight. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I, I think uh, maybe that's a seven. Maybe maybe John Donaldson's seven. Anyway, I digress. John Donaldson's coming off a pretty controversial win over Pedro Mujos. He's twenty one and nine. Um, win loss, win loss, win loss since last. Lost to Lineker. He's never been finished. Losing these split decisions. Lost a really close fight to Marlon Moraes. I actually thought he won, and then uh, has that split decision over Pedro Munoz, who I think's the world of. Who I think is a very talented fighter. Who I actually I actually think he lost. So Dotson, growing out the hair, looking great this week. This was the this was the fight that was the toughest for me to pick. I did, I, I was gonna avoid this fight, but I, I pick every fight. Remember that. Uh, if you want to go somewhere else to get betting advice, go ahead. But tell me someone who picks every fight of every card. Anyway, um, you know I like Jimmy Rivera. I like his game. I think his movement's really really good. I think he's hard to hit. I think he's hard to look good against. John Donson's kind of the same way. This fight's going to go to the decision, and I don't fucking know who's going to win. But since John Donson's the underdog, I'm going to go John Donson, and I'm going to put fucking money on it. This is a coin flip. This is a coin flip for cash, in my opinion, because they're both very similar. Jimmy Rivera mixes takedowns really well. John Donson has pretty good takedown offense. He also mixes takedowns pretty well. John Donson has a great left hand. He has power. Jimmy Rivera has been caught in fights. He got knocked out by Marlon Rice. I know he's got a fantastic record. If you look, he tried out for the Ultimate Fighter uh, way back when on the Bantamweight Featherweight Series. He got dropped twice and then choked out by Dennis Bermudez. Came back, became a stud, is what he is. Not the most active guy in the world, um, but he has been clipped in fights. He has he has been hit and he's been hurt before. He just moves so well. He angles out. He, he, his um, unpredictability of takedowns to striking to whatever, it, it throws guys off. Dotson needs to, to put pressure on him, though. Dotson needs to really ramp it up here. He lays back too much. That's why he loses a lot of decisions. I think he, he needs to put left hands on uh, Rivera. Rivera reads hands really well. Kenny Florian pointed out on the Anna Florian podcast, he doesn't read kicks that well. 
Dotson's got little tiny fucking shrimp legs. He didn't kick that much. But I think uh, I, I just think Dotson's going to win. I, I like the minus or the plus next to his name. Let's see if that still holds true. Yeah, he, I mean, he, right now he, he's he's even a, even a bigger underdog. I have him at plus one hundred five. He's sitting at plus one fifteen. I, I like the money for Dotson. I know it's it's a coin flip. You know, the, if you're a gambler, a degenerate gambler like me, when it's a coin flip, you'll go. I don't think Jimmy Rivera is, is far superior than John Dotson. John Dotson won that that season of the Ultimate Fighter. By the way, they obviously didn't fight because Rivera didn't make the house and everything like that. Rivera again. Very, very talented fighter. Was on a crazy winning streak for a while. Dropped a really quick loss to Marlon Rice. That could have happened to anybody. Um, I like John Dotson, though. I, I've convinced myself to go with the under, and, and I'm going to stick to it. Uh, mark that one on your calendars. Next up, another really tough fight to pick. God damn. Al Jermaine Sterling at 15-3. and three. He is ranked number eight. He is a minus 140 favorite. He is fighting Cody Stammen, who is ranked number 10, 3-0 in the UFC, 17-1 overall. All decision wins, very close decision wins for Cody Stammen. And uh, he's a plus 110 underdog. Now, they have a common opponent. Forever ago, Aljamain Sterling fought. Brian Caraway lost a split decision. Cody Stammen fought. Brian Caraway won a split decision. Both these guys are very, very similar. They're grappler-based. Striking's not like world-class. I don't think we're going to see the classic, you grapple, I grapple, let's go fucking strike. I don't think I don't see this being that kind of fight. I, however, see uh, Aljamain just being a little better everywhere. I think Aljamain might... If anyone's going to keep a standing, that's Aljamain Sterling. I think he does well against these guys. I think he probably beat Brian Caraway. I, I don't see anyone in this division really um, being able to outgrapple Aljamain. He's in incredible shape. He's an incredible grappler. He's tricky on the ground. He's got great submissions. Cody Stammen, kid on the way up. I, you know, great record. Hasn't fought, like, super world-class talent yet in the UFC. Aljamain has. Albeit he's got a loss, he got a pretty bad knockout loss over Marlon Rice, but he rebounded with a decision win over Brett Johns, who was currently undefeated. He, had, he was like Cody Stammen. He had a really nice record on paper, but he hadn't really fought anybody yet. I'm going to go with the favorite. I'm going to go with Aljo. I like Aljo a lot. I, I followed Aljo's career from when he was in upstate New York fighting at the Bomb Squad when they did that little um, weird uh, YouTube documentary or whatever. Kenny Foster, shout out Kenny Foster, who I don't know personally, um, but he was he was one of the main guys in the on the bomb squad. That's where John Jones got to start. Al Jermaine got to start there. He is now obviously with Sarah Longo, and uh, his career has really taken off. And um, I think he's one. Uh, he's definitely a top five uh, bantamweight. I, I would love to see him and Dominic Cruz fight. I think that would be uh, a fight that he's asking for. I think it'd be a fantastic fight. This is a tough fight, though. I can see a lot of late money coming on uh, coming on Stammen because he's he's the underdog. He's got a nice old record, and he's a tough matchup. If this fight gets finished, it's going to be some kind of choke from Aljo. If not, it's going to go to the decision. I like Aljo. I like Aljo in the decision. We're moving on. We're moving. I don't know what, what time we got here. I got my book. Yeah, let's see what time we got. 23 minutes. I want to keep this at a cool 30 minutes. Do you think I can end right on 30 minutes? I got four fights left. Five fights left. Probably not. Next up, we got Carla Esparza, the Cookie Monster. She is 14 and 5. She is a plus 375 underdog. She's fighting Tatiana Suarez, who's 7-0. She's undefeated, Ultimate Fighter winner. She's a minus 550 favorite. I believe those lines have gone up. Uh, um, I, again, I wrote these. Yeah, okay. So, no, they're basically the same. Dropped a little bit. Carlo's a big underdog, and she was one of my underdogs. Uh, I liked her a lot against the uh, Claudia Gadela fight. 
She lost by split decision, but I think she won. I mean, I think a lot of people thought she won. I thought she did a lot better. She's not getting a lot of respect. She's been around for a while. Former champion, former Ultimate Fighter winner where she won the belt. Got smoked by Joanna, and then everyone forgot about her. She has a loss to Random Marcos, too. Another split decision. She's only been finished once, and that was by um, Joanna. Tatiana Suarez, however, is an absolute freak. I've talked about her before. She made a top five list of mine. And if you're a listener of mine, if you make a top five list, you'll take that to the fucking bank. She's just like Carla Esparza, but just bigger. Now, is that going to be better for her or not? Because uh, they're both wrestlers. They're both grappler-based. Uh, Tatiana has a little bit better striking. Carla Esparza has a little bit better submissions, in my opinion. Tatiana is bigger, longer, lengthier. I think she wrestled longer, has better wrestling credentials. Uh, Carla Esparza has really good wrestling, but she takes empty shots a lot. And I, I don't like her stand-up all that much, but she's very aggressive. I like Tatiana in this fight. Stay away from this fight, though. You're not gonna you're not gonna win much with Tatiana. I like Tatiana. I think she's gonna decision uh, Carla if she gets a finish. I mean, this girl deserves a title shot. She's right up there with Jessica Andres. Jessica Andres obviously deserves a title shot. So um, if Andres is on this card, we're gonna pick her a little later. But Suarez needs to be skyrocketed to the top of this list. Uh, see who fights um, um, Rose next. I mean, there's I think there's like a four way. Log jam. I think Tatiana Suarez versus Joanna is very, very interesting. I like Tatiana. I wish I could go with the, the huge underdog and Carla, but I just think Tatiana is just a better version, better, younger, taller version of Carla. But uh, I respect Carla very much. Now, this is going to be a fucking hell of a name for me to say. Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Not that bad. 91 UFC. 91 overall, excuse me. 3 1 UFC. All KOs. Minus 150 favorite. He's fighting my nemesis, Nico Price. 12 and 1 overall, 12 1 and 1 overall, 4 1 and 1 in the UFC. He's coming off that crazy knockout over Randy Brown, where Randy Brown took him down, and uh, it was a kind of an awkward position. And Nico threw back fist and knocked Randy Brown out. Very, very impressive. He's plus 120 uh, underdog. I. Uh, I want to stay away from this fight so bad. I want. I want to stay away from this so bad. Nico has burned me in the past. He, um, I put a lot of money, not a lot of money, maybe a lot of money to me, on him against Vin, uh, Vince Luque, and uh, he was Nico was the underdog, and I was like, Nico probably's got the range, he's got the striking. If it goes down, he's gonna submit him. I definitely under, uh, underestimated Luque. Uh, Nico got knocked out, got just destroyed in that fight. I think a dual rock, uh, dual Hassan or dual. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Abdul Razak Alassan, I think, has incredible striking. That one loss is kind of a questionable loss in the UFC. He has since got that back. Horrible knockout over the, um, I can't think of his name right now. He's he's a slight favorite. I'm going to go Alassan. I think his striking's better. I think Nico, get. I don't think he's, he has the cleanest strike. I think he has some pretty good kicks. I think he can get something over the top. I think he's probably better on the ground. I just think Hassan... If he stays patient and picks Nico apart, he can. Nico's a little bit bigger, longer. Um, let's see if he can use that. But if if Nico wins, I, I'm just never gonna touch one of his fights again. When if he pops up and I'm you know and I'm picking the card, I'm flipping a coin. I mean that's the guy's my nemesis. I can't ever get him right. Next up, this is uh, essentially probably the not the co-main event, but it might should be. It's basically the number one contender fight to see who fights Rose. We got Jessica Andre. She is eighteen and six, I believe. Eighteen and six. She's coming off two wins over Claudia Gadela and Tisha Torres, were just unanimous, a unanimous, just bulldog decision. She's currently number two against Carolina Kalavicic. Can't pronounce the name. Sorry, Polish people. Very hot, very attractive. Carolina is gorgeous. 
She is ranked number four. She's 12 and two overall, five and two in the UFC. She's a plus 325 underdog. Four, minus 450 for Andrade. Andrade's getting a lot of respect for betters. Um, I mean, she's even went up. I mean, she's at 500 right now on an odd shark um, for good reason. I mean, Carolina Kovic, Cole, I'm just going to call Carolina because I don't want to embarrass myself anymore trying to pronounce that last name. Andrade is just such a bulldog. She's so tough. She's so strong. She's, she's, she, I mean, she got head kicked clean in the head by Joanna and didn't even flinch. Carolina is a good striker, but she doesn't have power. I think her takedown fence is pretty good, but I just think Andrade is going to boy her against a cage and do what Andrade does. I'm picking Andrade. I think this is an easy pick. I don't want to say lock of the night because I think Carolina is very, very talented. However, I just, uh, I, I like Andrade in that. Next up, we got Zabip Magamegov Shorpirov. Close. I got that close. He's ranked number 15. He's 15 and 1. Overall, 3-0 in the UFC. Um, coming off a really, really nice uh performance over Kyle Bogniak. I don't know if you heard that that uh stupid email. Um, but then we got Brandon Davis coming on 10 days notice. Mississippi mean. I know that's not his nickname, but these Mississippi fighters, I tell you, they're fucking they're fucking tough. He's nine and four overall, two and two in the UFC, short notice. All his fights are coming, his wins are coming by decision, his losses are coming by decision. Brandon Davis is a very, very talented boxer. Um, okay kicker, really good boxer, really good chin, really tough. Doesn't have much of a ground game. You take him down, he can't really get back up. Um, Zabip, I think, likes his wrestling. I think he's talked about his wrestling several times on different podcasts, um, podcasts, different interviews. And uh, he has a good striking. I, I, the Bogniak fight was obviously five of the night. Um, he uh look great. I mean, he took a lot of shots. I don't think he has the biggest power. I don't think he's knocking Brandon Davis out. But I can see Zabib mixing up. He, he's a very exciting guy. He, he throws spinning kicks. He throws spinning back fist. Some of the, uh, this was supposed to be Yair Rodriguez. And I have, when I made this, the line was an open out. Okay, Zarip is a, is a minus 400 favorite. That, that's just nuts. Um, and Brandon Davis is a plus 750. Or, yeah, plus 750. That's huge. That's that's one of the biggest, you know, biggest underdogs of the night. I mean, that was that we're talking like um, Montana and Shevchenko numbers. Listen, I like Zabib. I think he's an exciting guy. I think he has shown that he's tough. He's strong. Trains with a good camp. Mark Henry won't fucking shut up about him. But I don't know. I I don't know if I'm smelling upset or not yet. You know, Brandon Davis. I mean, this this is. A good if Zabib comes in too arrogant and too flashy because he's getting a lot of shine right now, is he gonna come in too flashy and get caught? Because Brandon Davis has great hands. I don't think he has like the world's greatest power for featherweights. I don't think he's knocking people out left and right. He's definitely not. I mean, he's two wins in the UFC or by decision, nine and four over Laurel, but his his boxing is clean. I think Zabib should fight smart and take him down and submit him. I think. Zabit doesn't have the best submissions off his back, but I think he has some really good chokes. He has a, a rear naked and anaconda choke that are pretty tough. They're pretty, pretty significant. You know, I'm sitting back in my chair right now, shaking my head. I just, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I get these. Uh, obviously, the the it's easy to pick Zabit. It's it's easy to pick the big favorite. I think he's great. I think I, the Yair fight needs to happen. They're both very, very similar. Man. Um, I'm gonna pick Zabib. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself here. However, however, 
Brandon Davis might not be a bad. Uh, that's not a bad line to throw some money on because I don't think. I mean, ten days notice. Brandon Davis is going to go out there and he knows his tank. He's either going to go out there and and pace himself, which is hard to do against a beep who who is a very active guy. Or just go out there and just swing. Now, Zabib showed a great chin against Bogniak. I don't think Bogniak is is the best striker in the world. Oh, I'm going to go Zabib. I already wrote it down. However, Brandon Davis is intriguing me to the utmost. Next up, the final fight, the main event, the one I'm so excited about. This weekend couldn't be any better. I mean, yesterday with the Cincinnati thing really, 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 really upset at me. But we got Darren Till tomorrow night. We got this, you know, obviously I'm recording this on Friday. Sorry, everybody. Darren Till tomorrow night. We got my bangles on Sunday. It's just a great weekend. It's a great weekend for for me. So let's get into it. Let's dive into it. I've, I'm, I've exhausted myself with this fight. We have Tyron Woodley. He is the champion. He is 18-3-1 overall. He is a minus. This, this line has changed. He is now the underdog. He's a plus 115 underdog. He's fighting Darren, the Gorilla, till 17-0-1. He's a 145 favorite. Big favorite now. And uh, Darren Till coming in the champion. Darren Till made weight, 169. Looked okay. Looked pretty. I mean, he, I mean, Darren Till is such an enormous man. When you when you shrink down to 170, you're going to look bad. He posted a picture on Instagram. Looked like Skeletor. Did not look great. Obviously, he's got a good team around him. He's at the PI. They're going to rehydrate him. Tyron Woodley right in, 171. Missed by a pound, took his underwear off, made the weight. Tyron Woodley's a professional who doesn't miss. I don't think he's ever missed weight. You know, big, thick, muscly guy. Pretty short, though, for the division. Um, just kind of, you know, has a lot of muscle on him. Tyron Woodley hasn't fought since uh, over a year ago. It's going to be about a year and three months against Damian Meyer, which a lot of people uh, hated that fight. And then before that, he had a, a majority decision win over um, Stephen Thompson and then a draw with Stephen Thompson. And obviously he won the won the belt by knocking out Robbie Lawler. Tyron is saying all the right things. He's making me a fan this week. I'm obviously a huge Darren Till fan. Darren Till is my guy. He's been my guy since day one, his debut against Wendell Oliveira and his post fight after I said, who the fuck's this guy? Sign me up. Great story. Great. I mean, the, the sound bites this guy provides are unbelievable. He is, um, very confident, very, uh, you know, he, he believes what he says. And you can tell that he believes what he says. Tyron Woodley's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Tyron Woodley's not getting a lot of respect. He called for some super fights after after doing what the UFC wanted. He def- I don't think they needed an interim belt. I 100% agree with Tyron Woodley. Um, he fought the, he defended his title three times in one year, fought for four world championships, and within, like, a year span, I mean, he went from Robbie in July to Damien in July. That's four fights in a year. Um, that's tough to do. That's tough to do. Anybody hurt a shoulder in the Maya fight, what have you. But Tyron's coming out with a chip, right? Tyron is is too smart, though, to come out and try to knock out Till. I don't think that's the right game plan for him. Tyron Willie has a great wrestling background, great wrestling, great takedowns. Is strong. I think he's going to fight Till like he fought Stephen Thompson. He's going to pressure, pressure. Stephen's going to circle. Um, Stephen's going to do a little bit of action. Tyron's going to counter and take him down at the end of the round to try to steal the round away. We haven't seen Till's takedown offense on display fully yet. Um, Nicholas Darby, his only really blemish is a draw that Till had. Nicholas Darby, a very, very tough guy. No one's really been able to finish him in the UFC. He's no longer in the UFC. Lost too many uh, close decisions. Uh, But Darby's tough as they come. Till dropped him with a beautiful uppercut, just could not get the job done. 
But Darby is a grinder, and, and Till slowed down a little bit and, and got on top. That was Till's third fight in the UFC, I believe. Um, Till's obviously looked amazing since moving back to England, I think. You know, if, if you don't know the story, born in Liverpool, got in some trouble, moved to Brazil. Back to England, his head coach, Colin, I don't for, I forget his last name. I think since he went there, the Sharani fight looked great. Stephen Thompson fight, everyone shits on. I thought he looked fantastic. We need a mix. If Darren Till wants to win this fight, we need a mix of the Cowboy Cerrone fight and the Stephen Thompson fight. We need Cowboy. He was stalking Cowboy the whole time because he knew Cowboy had nothing for him. Cowboy had a kick. Cowboy had Cowboy's has a really good kick. That was about it. Darren Till, bigger man, stalked him, finished him in the first round. Incredible. Thompson, he stood back. And he and Thompson was a different kind of striker. He didn't want to it was a chess match. He wanted to prove that he was the best striker. He's gonna out Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson essentially. Tyron is is very overlooked, especially by me. When this fight got announced, I thought Till was going to run through him. Looking through Tyron's old fights and everything like that, and everything Till has said had to say, and I really took it into account, he is actually a very very intelligent fighter. His only finish, he's don't, I mean, he's lost a couple decisions. He had a really ugly decision loss against Roy McDonald. Really ugly decision loss against, um, really ugly decision loss against. Um, Hang on a second. All right, sorry about that. That was a little dead air there for a while. I was getting, I had to mute a uh, group text because they kept going off in my ear. Anyway, his only the, his only finish was the Nate Marquardt, who was a who was a first time coming. That was in Strike Force. Tyron gassed out a little bit. Tyron didn't look that great. That was really early in Tyron's career. He got knocked out by Nate Marquardt. His only other loss, really ugly loss to Jake Shields. I don't know what happened in that fight. Could have came and hurt, whatever. And then Roy McDonald just didn't do anything. Other than that, he has really upped his game. Kind of American top team guy. I don't really know the thing. I know he trains at Duke. I know he does the the his camps at Duke, but I don't know if he stayed in and he's from St. Louis. I don't know if he stayed in St. Louis. However, Tyron Woodley has uh, has obviously chipped away at some people's fandom because of what he said, what he has done, blah, blah, blah. Darren Till, I'm all in on Darren Till. But, you know, when I'm picking fights, you know, I got to be objective and everything like that. Obviously, you know, like, you know, I have my guys and Darren Till's my guy. But if I look at this fight objectively, what do I think is going to happen? I think Tyron's going to have to mix in his wrestling, something that that Till really hasn't experienced yet. I think Till is prepared for it. I think Till can do it, but can he stop it? Does Till have anybody in his camp? English fighters have struggled with wrestlers in the past. Tyron Woodley, though, I don't think he is equipped, nor do I think he has to wrestle for five rounds. I just don't. I don't think he has the gas tank for that. I think he slows down a little bit. I think that's in his head. I think he obviously wrestled a lot in his camp. He looked in phenomenal shape like he always does. Tyron's got that huge right hand. He closes in. He kind of leaps in. He's very quick. He's very active. Till is super confident that he might just stand his ground, throw an uppercut. He's got that beautiful left back uppercut, lead uppercut, left foot, boom. If Tyron runs in that, it's night over. Tyron obviously knows that. You're going back and forth. I could break this down. I could talk about this fight for days. I think it's going to be really slow in the beginning. I think it's going to be kind of uh, of a, a chess matchy type deal. And then I think, Darren's probably going to take over towards the end. I'm going Darren Till finish in my lock of the night. I complimented Tyron Woodley. I was objective as much as I could. But Darren Till, I think, is is going to be a new welterweight champ. For how long, I don't know. He's going to finish at least against Kamaro or Colby's first, whoever. Kamaro Usman weighed in today. I think he deserves a shot. Colby's kind of banged up, whatever. 
Darren Till said, I'm not moving up to those guys get a shot. And I think, obviously, if it's a close fight, he'll refight Woodley. Woodley probably deserves a rematch if he's a champion. If he gets flat and knocked out, I think he maybe should take another fight. I think Till's going to finish him. I, I know Tyron's so tough and so good. And he's actually in his prime right now. I think taking time off is good. How old is Tyron? Is he 30? Okay, he's 36. A little up there in age. He's a little older than I thought he was. But he doesn't have, like, a huge, long MMA life. Doesn't have many wars in him. I think Tyron's going to throw some big shots. I think Till's going to counter well. I think Till's going to clip him. I think Till's going to put him down. I think Till can finish. If Till doesn't finish, he'll win a decision. I'm going to put money. I have money on Till already. I've got him at a slight under early this week. I, I learned my lesson. I put a substantial amount of money on him. Sorry, wife. Sorry if you're listening to this wife. You're not gonna, my wife's not going to listen to this until three weeks after the event. So she will be happy when I'm swimming in cash. She'll be very mad at when I don't tell her. But Darren Till finished probably late third round. I think he can. I think he can clip Tyron. I think the first round is going to be filling out. I think Tyron's going to start picking it up in the second round. I think Darren Till's going to come out in the third round and be very aggressive as well. Two trains colliding. Boom. This could be a very strategic fight on both guys' ends, and and there could be not not be a lot of action. But let's not hope that happens. That's it. That's my picks. Um, get your bets in while you can. Darren Till, lock of the night. He was, I got him at a slight under. He's no longer a slight under. He is currently the favorite, but but only by much. You can win 100 bucks if you put 115 on him. So um, that's it. I am super excited for UFC 228. Not the, not the deepest card in the world. There's some fights that are very intriguing to me. But Darren Till's main eventing. I'm going to watch him no matter what. So I will see you guys early next week. I believe there's a, a fight in Russia next week. So there'll probably be two... Uh, podcast out next week or recapping of everything or and maybe I'll just cram it into one. Don't know. You know, I'm flying by the seam of my pants. Anyway, uh, enjoy the fights. <laughs>